what's even better than recording an intro? It's having to record it again because we beefed on what our audio setup was and I forgot to plug my mic in like an absolute tool. So this time I didn't mute you, you muted yourself. I self-censored myself? <laughs> it was say. good It was good content too. It was about supermarkets and... We made all these good jokes. Yeah. It, was, it was really good and now you guys are never going to get to listen to it. Well, I mean, you might if I put it on the, the Patreon. If anybody is really interested in listening to me being loud and Paige being as quiet as a little mouse. I sound like I am outside in, a, in in the garden murmuring to Elliot about how much I want to go to Asda and buy donuts. Yeah, so <laughs> you, you want to go to Asda. We were talking about how it is lockdown to electric, electric boogaloo. Boogaloo, good. Because Paige said in the cut segment that it was Avenue because that's the name of the song lyric. I like the old musics. The olden times were bad, but they did have some good jams. And that's a valid opinion, honestly. Wait, is it an old song? Yeah. Electric, what, what is, what is We're it? We're gonna rock down to Electric Avenue. Don't quote me on that. I'm infamous for getting lyrics wrong. I once rather infamously sang Close Your Eyes, Bright Eyes. And I still get tormented for that myth lyric. I'm also a victim of There's a Bathroom on the Right for There's a Bad Moon on the Rise. Oh my God. That's also a classic me. I'm learning so much. You have an expression of such joy right this is now. so much good and material. It's exactly the same expression of joy that my wife had when I did that. And I sang that earnestly in the car and she looked at me full on, like full on swivel head, looked at me and was just like, excuse me, what did you just sing? Because <laughs> that's not right. No. Anyway, it's lockdown to Electric Boogaloo and... We're gonna. We're excited because we're gonna have all these good jokes and good segments. Like the supermarket was stuck only going to the supermarket again. Oh yes, I I know it's gonna be difficult for a lot of people, including us. So solidarity with that because um, we're only going through this now because our our government has been unimaginably incompetent and useless and failed to use the previous lockdown to do anything of of use. You know, I hope that they'll use this time to actually do something productive with track and trace and vaccines. But I think. We can all assume they won't and they'll just stick it out in the hope that something will come up because that's been this government's approach since they came to office, really. They have the energy of a small child who's like, where's my like mum and dad and mum and mum or dad and dad or just single of any of those? Why aren't they like fixing it? And it's like, you're not the child, Boris no. and the Tories. You're the parent, supposedly. No one's going to give you a solution. You're supposed to be the ones making the solution. Except in this case, uh, Keir Starmer, the dad, has come in um, and said to Boris Johnson, you have to do this. Anyway. What were we saying? We should probably start the show. Doop, 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 doop. Yeah, doop, let's do that. Doop, 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 doop. I don't remember the bit. Are you done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, that was good, that was good. <laughs> I just had a full working day. I'm ready to talk about voting intention. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't have to do it in, in that order. Oh. <laughs> I, I put it at the top because that's the nice um, data. And I, I just put this data out on um, on the, the Stats for Lexi's website. Um, 
which is uh, showing this month's polls showing the Conservatives one point ahead, which is their narrowest lead since June last year, um, with Labour up on 39% and the Tories down to 40%, which would lead to a hung parliament in which Labour would be able to form a minority government, which is the first month in which the polls have looked that good for Labour again since June 2019. And um, on best Prime Minister polls, the two leaders are neck and neck, 35 Boris, 34 Starmer, which is a slight decline from last month when Starmer was ahead, but we're talking tiny changes in the margin of error. So mm. the fact that they're neck and neck is very impressive, I think. And then approval rating, Starmer's dropped slightly to 38% approve, 30% disapprove. And Johnson's approval rating, however, is 34% approve, 50% disapprove, Christ. which is his worst approval rating of his entire premiership. Uh, which is astonishing when you bear in mind that how, how incompetent he is. Yes, but also that earlier this year he had an approval rating of plus twenty eight. That's a, I, I now see it's minus sixteen. That is an absolute. That is a cratering. Let me see that's I catastrophic downturn in, in favorability. Yeah. So in April it was fifty seven percent approved, twenty nine percent disapproved, which was plus twenty eight. Now it's gone down to thirty four percent approved, which is a. Mental maths here, that's a drop of 23 points in his approval rating. Um, and now a majority of voters disapprove of him for the very first time since he became prime minister, which is a shocking indictment of how badly he's handled the pandemic. Um, which is why a lot of people think that he will be pushed out of the job, just like Theresa May was. Mm. Um but I, I, I don't know. What Do you think they'll get rid of him? I don't think they will. Because they've been watching the dollar store Boris, <laughs> I guess, is the equivalent. They've been watching the dollar store Boris bumble around for four years without getting kicked out by the Republicans. Because there's a core of people who are just really, really desperate to get their noses right up in there between the old cheeks. Oh, that's so crude. Oh, dear. Okay, but you're on the show because you're smart and good at politics. I'm on the show because I'm smart in a creative way and I also have just the foulest mouth. Um, oh and I love word crimes. Anyway, Boris is the pound shop to Trump's dollar store. He appeals to that cadre of like really, really, really rabid right-wing voter. And the Tories are relying on people like that to deliver things like Brexit and to keep a majority. I don't think they're going to get rid of Boris. Because his approval has created. But like, even with everything that's happened this year, you can still, you still hear Tory voters who are just like, they still got that tone of, my mate Boris. Oh, it's just Boris. And it's like, he is a really shit guy. But they still really like him and find him approachable. Which is very ironic given he is one of the, one of the least relatable politicians in, in the UK. I found it astounding how many working class voters think they can relate to Boris Johnson when he is a millionaire born into richness he went to private school he's had every privilege in the world and they haven't it's like mate speaking of mr donald trump yeah it's a good opportunity to say we're recording this the day before the american election and i, I will uh, plan to get it out today um uh but the result probably won't be known for a few days weeks after that anyway you know everyone likes to say this but it's worth saying again that biden has a 19 100 chance of winning the election according to 538 and that means trump has a 10 in 100 chance and a 10 percent chance is not nothing 
There is very much a possibility that Trump could win again. It, it, it remains amazing to me that there's anybody on the left who in America who, who would hesitate to support Biden. I mean, I've heard all of the various reasons for it, but I still can't wrap my head around people looking at the possibility that's not entirely remote of four more years with Donald Trump and think, I'm willing to risk that. I, I can't really wrap my head around that. Can you? Uh, around people not supporting Biden. Yeah. Hmm. Here's the thing, though, right? Left-wing people have always been a lot more socially conscious and aware than right-wing people because hmm. they ultimately care a lot more about other human beings and are a lot they're less selfish. As if you're left-wing, you're typically less selfish. You're less concerned with your own well-being and you're less concerned with your own well-being and your family's well-being and you're more concerned about your neighbour and your friends and your friends' friends. You're concerned about the whole community. Like, that's a big part of what being left-wing is about. The problem with that, if you care about things a lot, it means that when you have someone who's problematic in quite a few ways, they kind of, instead of looking at the dollar store man and going we have to keep that out. They kind of go, we have to keep that out. And then they look at Joe Biden and then they do an awful lot of hand-wringing about like, mm. oh, but he's not perfect or he's not this. And here's another thing as well. I think a lot of the people doing hand-wringing, of course there are people who are doing, who are not going to vote Biden for perfectly valid reasons. There are people out there and I've, I'm fine with them. But there are a lot of people who are doing a lot of hand-wringing about Joe Biden He's not perfect, and a lot of left-wingism is about having the perfect ideological candidate. And a lot of left-wing people, specifically left-wing white people, are secure enough, safe enough, and privileged enough that they don't truly recognise the stakes of another four years of Donald Trump. I think that's probably that's probably true for, for some people. I, I, will, I will say most people on the left in America do seem to be saying they'll reluctantly vote for Biden. But the observation is, I think, very true, because I remember reading a lot of interviews with uh, black voters in the Democratic primary, some of whom were saying, I like Bernie, I believe in his programme, but I do not want to risk another George McGovern-style wipeout, which I'm afraid will happen with Bernie. Now, I disagree with that. I don't think that that was true. I think Bernie had a better chance of winning than Biden does, or more or less the same because of how bad Trump is and how unpopular he is. But I can see the logic, and that's ending up applying now as well. Like, Biden's certainly shown that he's capable of turning out huge numbers of african-american voters in support of him people in those communities recognize the stakes it's the same situation you get with a lot of people who want to tear down existing parties in a few different in, in many countries people want to tear down existing parties and try again but the reality of that is you weaken you weaken the parties similar to you and strengthen the ones who oppose you by doing that and when you have someone like the dollar store man in charge the stakes are too high so one thing i've always thought about with um Kistama has taken some positions recently that i i don't agree with and some things have happened in the labor party that i don't agree with and I've, I've talked about those elsewhere um but at the end of the day i continue to believe that the best place for people on the left is in the labor party and people saying they want to actively work against the labor party because they're upset with it uh people who are saying they want to see it defeated um i think are barking up the wrong tree because at the end of the day there is only one party in this country that can defeat the conservatives and it is the labor party and it's been the labor party for a hundred years and uh that's not going to stop being the case so actively working against the labor party is always going to lead to a conservative party victory whereas actively working for a labor victory results in a society that's closer 
to the society we want to see. And I, I think that applies to Biden. I think that it applies to Starmer. It is better to take a sl small victory and build it into something greater than try and destroy everything and build something else out of the ashes. I don't think that that works because along the way, as you've remarked, you end up tearing down systems and policies that protect disadvantaged people. You end up on the way to tearing things down, tearing down a lot of other people. And I say this as someone who desperately wanted a Corbyn government and, and still would take it if somebody came to me and said, could, you could snap your fingers and make it happen tomorrow, I would do it. So with, uh, with this one, two days to go until preliminary results, Biden's polling ahead in enough states to win 351 electoral votes, which is pretty much on par with Obama in 2008. And the Democrats are favored with the Senate, the favored to win the Senate, the favored to win the House. Lots of people are trying to warn people like, oh, you know, Trump could still win. You know, it's a, it's a possibility. It could be a 50-50 thing. And Florida's close and all these things. But, and I know why. Because the polls in 2016 were wrong. And they have so scared people into mm -hmm. not wanting to believe the polls that they're, they, they, they look at this data and they think it may be overwhelming, but I, I don't believe it. And that can be healthy in a way because it makes you work harder for a victory and, you know, you act as if you're 10 points behind, you end up winning by five. That that was probably a good thing. As well, you can't be disappointed. You can't be disappointed, it's true. But also, uh, ultimately, you can only go on the data you have and all of the data that we have, whether it's uh, compiled by 538 or looked at individually, suggests that Biden is on course not only for a victory but for a decisive victory over Trump. But anyway, so that, that's, that's our thing. On the plus side, we did already have a very nice result this month. Yeah, New Zealand. Yes, we did. Uh, obviously, a ma she doesn't listen, but like a kiss in the sky for Jacinda Ardern yes. for a fantastic victory. Well done and well deserved too. Mm. A fantastic handling of COVID and fantastic handling of a few other things too. Like It's well-deserved victory and really nice to see. I think a best... competent government? I know. What? It's, it's almost unique um, in the world in its handling of, of COVID. Um, I hesitate to say best in the world because I'm not mm. completely up on that data, but there's no doubt that she has handled it phenomenally. Mm. Um, and New Zealand rewarded her with the highest share of the vote for anybody since 1946, the most votes of anyone in New Zealand ever, 1.1 million. And the largest increase in Labour's share of the vote since the general election of 1919. Extraordinary. And of course, the first majority government for any party since New Zealand introduced proportional voting, which almost is designed to prevent majority governments from winning. Mm -hmm. And yet she managed it anyway. So I suppose we talked about why we think this happened. What, what, do you think there's anything we can learn from Arden and her her party because obviously we only know a little bit about the way she's governed we're not experts on new zealand i think what we can learn is if you have a competent government that acts decisively also consistently it's almost like if you do those things life goes pretty well because that's just basic competency that's the basic level of competency that's expected of all of the normal people mm. in the world but somehow that doesn't apply to a lot of mps one thing i'd um I'd say we can learn as well is that uh, as a party and as a as a as progressives, we shouldn't be afraid of proportional representation because there are a lot of people who are wary of changing the electoral system, even though we've lost under this electoral system many times because they worry it would give the Liberal Party a permanent veto over any government because they'd always be the third largest party. Uh, but I think what has 
New Zealand has shown is that you can still govern and achieve great progressive things in coalition with others, um, both in coalition with new parties like the Greens that have formed in New Zealand um, and in coalition with people you might not expect. Uh, and I would note the most notable thing about Arden is that she did not win the popular vote the first time she ran. In 2017, her party came second. She was nowhere near a majority, but she formed a coalition with New Zealand First, governed for three years because their terms of parliament are three years, and then won a majority because she governed so well. And I think that we shouldn't be afraid of taking our case to the electorate in a truly democratic system and championing our ideas proudly and boldly and if we fall short of a majority forming coalitions with people because I, I don't think that's always a bad thing and I think we can get a lot done and ultimately as it did in New Zealand we can avoid the Tories winning despite only having the support of 40 to 45 percent of the voters so uh, I, I don't have a too much for this um this uh, this session has anything else been on your mind before we talk about the poll well the world just the world is just tiring but i don't really want to talk about that on the podcast i mean the world is very tiring it may be cathartic to talk about it dogs are good that's true that's my closing thought you know what the world is stressful and kind of bad but like there are millions of dogs out there right now who have no clue anything is happening and I'm happy for them. That is true. Uh, so the the thing I wanted to close with was the poll slash uh, election result of the month. And this was a poll by Hanbury Strategy, or a sort of a model by Hanbury Strategy, that looked at how people in Great Britain would vote if they had a vote in the US election. And Biden would win over 75% of the vote, uh, Trump like 24%. And Biden would win every single constituency in Great Britain and Trump would win none. I don't know what, what your reaction to that is, because I don't think you've seen this before. I mean, I love it, but I think in practice it wouldn't be true. I mean, I was Because surprised. we literally have the pound store Trump yes. See, this in was... power right now. I it, think it, yeah. th because they're not attached to Labour and the Tories, I think it's very easy for people to be like, oh, you know what, I'll vote for them. And also, it's not being able to see beyond your own nose, that mm. kind of situation. It's easy to see what's wrong with another country and not with your own. Yes. I don't think that would be the reality. I agree. I, I think I, 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 th I thought that might be your reaction, which yeah. is why I put it in. Boris is right here right now, and he is just the British Trump. He's a scumbag. I would also make the observation <laughs> Sorry. that because he's so toxic, you haven't had the Daily Mail, the Sun, the tabloid newspapers for Trump in the way that they have been for Boris Johnson over the past mm. five, ten years. And if they had been doing that, I think that Trump figure would be a lot higher than 24%. Yeah. Boris isn't as like, I don't think he's quite as wildly terrifying as Trump. He's awful and very scary. But it's almost like we have the pound store version of Donald Trump, except all of our media fucking loves him. Like, it's very demoralizing to think about the fact that mo like a huge, there's a lot of Tory voters out there who literally just, all they do is listen to the media. You've heard me talk about media literacy so many times. It is an absolute disgrace in this country. And a lot of, pe a lot of people vote blue because they don't have any media literacy. And they're like, Boris is so cool. I love him. He's a patriot. What's wrong with that? But anyway, I, I think what you said about 
the political parties attachment is very true as well because we're talking about a completely different country here with different parties and i think that if you had a poll that said uh putting them up trump tory candidate biden labor candidate you'd get more 50 50 than that just because people are so attached to the parties their loyalty Mm. i've I've said it before the tory party in this country is never going to get less than 30 percent of the vote they never have the last time they did was uh, 170 190 years ago so i i hope that people found this this interesting it, it may be slightly less edited because i was trying to get it out today um but uh thank you very much for doing this with me Paige. as always you're very very welcome and before we go i just wanted to um say a particular amazing thanks to the 44 people who are now signed up as patrons on the patreon I, I haven't been promoting it all that much because I I don't like to um, self-promote myself all that much. Um, but uh, And it really supports what we do and, and I'll keep trying to do my best and we both will. And Elle, what's your lowest tier on Patreon? The lowest tier is £2 per so month. For just £2, you can help this good being continue to make really, really good content. It really would be appreciated. Though, of course, if... Like so many of us at the moment and just in these times in the last few decades, if you don't have that much money, don't worry about it. Anyway, it, it, I'm, it, it's very lovely and I really appreciate it. And I hope that you all have a lovely um, winter period, um, even in these difficult times. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye.